And so today we're starting off a brand new series called The Art of Belonging. And I'm really glad that you're here for it because I actually think that this series will matter for each and every one of us. Whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, whether you've been a part of our church for a long time or not, whether you're old or young, that what I deeply believe is this, that all of us, at our core, all of us have a longing to be known, to be loved, and to belong. I think this is part of how we are actually designed as human beings, that all of us actually want spaces and places to belong, where we are known and loved, and that this is part, really, of what it means to be human, to actually flourish as a human, is to actually find spaces of belonging. But here's also what I think. I think that we are actually all called to find those spaces of belonging. Here's also what I believe with our world. I believe that belonging in our world is harder to find and also easier to lose than ever before as well. That belonging is really difficult to find in our world, and it's also easier to lose as well. That if you think about belonging in our world, I don't think that our world does belonging very well. When I mean belonging, what I mean by this is this, that where we accept people as they are and welcome them, I think our world does fitting in, I think our world does like us versus them really well. I think our world does blaming and like groupthink and all of that. I don't think our world does deep belonging well. Add into that. I also think that belonging is easier to lose than ever. I don't know if you've noticed this, and maybe it's just me, but I feel like in our world today, people are quick to give up on things. Anyone else notice this? I feel like this has been something that's shifted in the past like five or six years. That previously, people might have stayed in like relationships, friends groups, you know, workplaces, whatever but it seems like people are quick to give up on others, which just means that belonging is a really difficult thing to find in our world. It's difficult to find, it's difficult to create, it's difficult to, hard, to hold on to. That I don't think it would be inaccurate to kind of put it this way. They actually think one of the biggest problems in our world is a lack of belonging. That this is kind of a big issue that is facing kind of our world, our society, where we are at right now. That we have what might be termed a crisis of belonging. So much so, that did you know that the UK and Japan have appointed governmental positions for the Minister of Loneliness? Did you know that? There are literal positions where people are trying to actually address this reality where people don't feel connected to one another, that there are now actual government positions address that. Or did you know that in May of this year, the United States actually said there's an epidemic going on and it has nothing to do with COVID, actually? that they released an 85-page report on an epidemic that is really difficult and it's causing massive problems. Do you want to know what the epidemic was? Epidemic of loneliness. Loneliness. Dr. Vivek Murthy, he writes this. In this 85-page report, all around the reality that belonging is really difficult to find, he says this, given the significant health consequences of loneliness and isolation, we must prioritize building social connection the same way we have prioritized other critical public health issues, such as tobacco, obesity, and substance use disorders. That what he's saying in medical language is that we have a crisis of belonging in our world. We have a crisis of belonging in our communities, that people feel a sense of dislocation and disconnection. You might have felt that as well, actually, in the past few years, or just in general, that it can range for people of just feeling like they don't quite like, fit in or longing for a time that was easier in the past, or just this sense that things aren't quite right. Two, a really kind of more extreme, where many people now can actually feel a deep sense of loneliness and isolation, even if they're surrounded by people all the time. Even if they see people at like work or at church or whatever, they can feel isolated and alone. This is a major problem in our world. It's a major problem, so much so that the United States actually needs to release things like this massive statement of 85 pages that I think there is a crisis of belonging in our world. 
And this is what we want to take a look at over the next six weeks. This reality, we want to seek to address this. We want to seek to actually talk about this, and not only that, but to practice and find belonging. Because here's my belief, okay? Here's my belief. All of us would live life better with deep belonging a part of it, amen? Right? All of us would live life better when we are known and loved and accepted and feel connected to one another. That belonging is part of what it means to flourish in humanity, but it's difficult to find, it's easy to lose, and it's hard to maintain. So the next six weeks, this is what we're going to be talking about. Today I want to talk about how each of us can belong with God. Next week we're going to talk about belonging to a purpose that is bigger than us. Then we're going to take a look at actually belonging to one another. How do we actually practice love in such a way that we can actually be connected to each other? Then we're going to talk about belonging to a place, because you actually need to be rooted to be able to belong. And we're also going to talk about some practical ways that we can actually create belonging in our midst. That's what we want to take a look at for the next you know, five or six weeks here together. And I think it's important for us as a church to take a look at this, because I actually believe that churches are to be kind of on the forefront of actually creating spaces where people belong. I think that's part of what church is called to be. We're called to be people who kind of fight for belonging, who fight for one another, who want to include others so that they might be known and accepted as they are. That if we are going to reach kind of our vision or our purpose or our goal, where we talk about changing the world starting right here in Niagara, belonging really needs to be central to that. Because many of you have probably can attest to this if you're a believer in Christ, that before people believe in Christ, they actually want to belong first. That belonging almost proves the reality of Christ. That many people don't come to Christ just because of an intellectual journey. They usually come to Christ because of a person, because of someone, because of love and belonging that they receive and experience. So we really want to talk about this reality that belonging is hard to find, but also incredibly needed and necessary. And so I want to challenge you to really be here for the next six weeks as we explore this really from different angles. And each week we're going to have something kind of unique in the service or kind of extra at the end of the service. Or today, if you didn't realize this, we have a barbecue, which is pretty great, actually. So I want to make sure that you actually are here every single week and to make it a priority to be here. Because I think that part of the challenge of belonging is actually consistency. And so today what I want to do, today I want to do to introduce all of this. Um, now that we kind of at least realize that it probably is a big issue, right? Today what I want to do is I want to define belonging and then I want to give you to you the basis of belonging, what I believe is the foundation of belonging. And this will surprise no one, that I believe that the beginning or the foundation of belonging actually is belonging to God, that that's the beginning point, that that's the starting point. But first, I want to define what belonging is and explain it, and then seek to kind of work some things through here today. So first, what is the definition of belonging? What are we kind of be talking about for these next kind of like six weeks or so? Okay. Well, I think if I were to ask you to give me a definition of belonging, what you might do is you might say, well, belonging is like when I fit in, when I feel kind of like accepted with a group or whatever. And I think that's an okay definition, but I actually think that's a definition of fitting in more than it is a definition of belonging. And what I want to suggest to you right off the top, and this might sound funny, but it's true, I think that the opposite of belonging is actually fitting in. I actually think that fitting in is false belonging. That fitting in is like fake belonging. That fitting in is substitute belonging. And what I want to suggest to you today is that our world does fitting in very well, which is exactly the problem. That belonging is deeper and better than fitting in. Here's what fitting in is. Fitting in is whether you consciously or unconsciously start to think about the group around you and you think about what do I need to do, believe, behave to remain a part of that group. You actually change who you are based on the group around you 
And what I want to share with you is that I actually believe is the opposite of belonging. That fitting in is where you change who you are for the group around you. Belonging in is where you reveal who you are to the group around you so you can be known and accepted. That true belonging is not changing who you are, but being accepted because of who you are. I think this is part of the challenge in our world. That our world has lots of places where you can fit in as long as you agree with everything and don't kind of cross any of the boundaries of the group. Our world doesn't do very well of where we actually accept people as they are without asking them to change. But I think that's what belonging really is. If you want a definition of belonging, here's mine, okay? My definition of belonging is where you are known and loved. Where you are known and accepted. Where you are known and welcomed. Not where you have to change who you are to fit in with this group or that group, but actually where you are able to be known and accepted as you are. I think this is what our world is missing. There's a scholar who writes on this, and she gives this definition of uh, belonging in her book entitled On Belonging. Her name is Kim Samuel. She says, what is belonging exactly? She says, it's one of those things that we know how to feel, but may not always know how to describe. In the simplest sense, and I like this definition too, in the simplest sense, she says this, belonging is wholeness. It's the experience of being at home in ourselves, as well as the social, environmental, organizational, and cultural context of our lives. She says it's the basis for human flourishing. I think that's true. And what she's trying to get at there is really that belonging is about feeling at home with yourself and with other people. That's just another way of describing being known and accepted and loved and welcomed. Belonging isn't where you hide who you are, but you know you are safe to be who you are and will be loved no matter what. That's what belonging is. Or to give another example of it, belonging is like a great family, right? A really great family. What I've noticed with my kids is that they don't need to pretend who they are in our household, right? They just reveal who they are all the time. And I think that's both good and sometimes a challenging thing as a parent. But it's a good thing because they feel loved and safe enough to know that they can be who they are and loved and accepted. That's what belonging is. But our world doesn't do that so much. So now if you kind of get some of the difference between belonging and fitting in, where fitting in is where you alter or hide who you are a little bit, right, to fit with the group, where belonging is where you feel like you can actually be true to yourself and share who you are and still be known and accepted. If you kind of get the difference between those two things, you can start to see why belonging is so important, but also difficult to find in our world. So the question then is, how do we find belonging like that, where we are known, loved, and accepted? How do we experience that so we might be able to share that with others? Well, for today, what I want to take a look at is really, as I said, what I believe the foundation of belonging is, the starting point or the beginning. And I believe that the foundation or the starting point of actually experiencing true, deep belonging is actually experiencing that in and through Christ. That it's when we belong to God that we can actually start to offer belonging to others. That when we experience with Jesus the reality that he both knows us and fully accepts us, that's when we can be a source of belonging in the world around us. That I have a really deep belief that we cannot offer to something, to someone, that we have not received. So if we're going to be a space where we offer belonging to others, we have to also receive that. And I think that begins with God. So today, if you have your Bibles, open them up to Romans 8. I want to take a, a look through Romans 8, through this theme of belonging, and seeing how what Paul writes about how when we belong to Christ, it literally changes everything. Now, Romans 8 is one of the high points of Scripture. It's one of the most kind of important portions of Scripture. It has really intense and deep theology. It also has like praise and doxology. It's a beautiful piece of Scripture. 
But one of the themes that's often missed in Romans 8 is this theme of belonging and how when we belong to Christ, it can change everything. And that's what I want to explore here this morning, how when we belong to Christ, Paul's going to teach us it changes three things. It first, it frees us, it actually empowers us, and it creates a new identity for each and every one of us. That's what belonging to Christ does. It frees, empowers, and creates a new identity. I want to show you in Romans 8. We're going to pick out a few verses as we go through it here today. I want to start with verse 1 as we talk about this idea of belonging and what it means for us. We read this. So now, there is no condemnation for those who, what does the text say? Belong. For those who belong to Christ. I think it's kind of funny that sometimes when people read Romans 8, they forget that belonging is a theme when it's right there in the very first verse. Right? So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Does anyone want to say with me that this is good news, amen? Amen. Right? That there is no condemnation. If you know Christ, there is no judgment, condemnation, shame, or guilt. When you belong to him, you are freed from those things. Anyone want to be honest and say that you want to be freed from guilt, condemnation, judgment, and shame, and all of that? Right? That's what belonging to Christ changes. That's what belonging to Christ alters. It frees us. So now, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. I think this is beautiful. I think this is needed, and I think it's necessary. Because I actually believe that our world runs just kind of below the surface according to condemnation. I actually think that condemnation is one of the strongest prevailing like forces or moods or realities in our society. I think that when you peel back the layers of our society, condemnation's there almost all the time. So rather than me define it for you sociologically, I want to describe it to you personally. I want to give you some examples of how condemnation runs in our world. And you don't have to like raise your hand or say like, yeah, I felt this, but maybe just nod to me if you've ever felt any of the stuff I'm going to describe, okay? I want to describe to you how I think condemnation runs in our world. Has anyone here ever felt, I don't know, just when you're with somebody or just driving on your own, has anyone here ever felt like you're not quite successful enough? Like maybe you have, I don't know, have enough money, wealth, prestige, or your career just isn't quite good enough. Anyone ever felt like you're not quite measuring up in the world of career stuff? Right? I want to give to you the suggestion that that's actually an example of condemnation. Or to get personal too, have anybody you ever, you don't have to like nod or this, anyone ever looked in the mirror and thought your body doesn't quite measure up enough? Right? Now we're all like, well, yes, that's a, this is a nat- yes, that happens, right? Where you think to yourself, wow, I just don't, I'm just not quite, I don't know what the ideal is, but we're not quite that. What is that feeling that we're not quite enough in the bodies that God has given us? That is a feeling of condemnation, is it not? But we don't name it as that, we just name it as a lack, like we feel like we should be doing more or something, right? So sometimes I think when we look at our careers, our finances, our wealth, our bodies, we feel like we're not measuring up. Or how many of you have ever thought to yourself, and this one's a little bit more like personal. How many of you ever thought to yourself, if my friends or my family really knew me, or I shared this or that with them, they might reject me? That's the spirit and the feeling of condemnation. That we can't be really honest because we're worried we might be condemned or judged or cut out. Or to become really, really vulnerable and personal for some of us. Okay, let's talk to parents for a moment, all right? Parents. How many of you feel like you're crushing it all the time with your children and have no guilt whatsoever? Right? Probably not many of you, okay? I know for me, there's this feeling sometimes like I'm just not doing enough for my kids, even though this is 
not like I shot against my parents, because my parents are wonderful, even though I was more engaged than my parents' generation was, but yet I still feel like I'm not measuring up. What is that feeling of not measuring up? What is that feeling of like guilt and pressure and expectation? I just want to name it for what it is. It's a spirit of condemnation that is really prevalent in our world, that whenever we feel like we're not smart enough, wealthy enough, good-looking enough, whatever enough is for you, that's a feeling and a spirit of condemnation, and it's so prevalent, and it's so heavy, and so many of us have internalized it, we don't even realize we're operating under it. It just feels normal to us to compare and feel like, well, I'm not quite measuring up. What I want to share with you is good news, is good news, is that there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Amen? There's none of that junk. We don't need to live under that pressure of living up and trying to manage things. We can actually live freely because Christ has freed us. There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And when we say there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus, what we're talking about here, we're not saying that when we belong to Jesus, there's no such things as morality or sin or right and wrong. No, no, no. Actually, the no condemnation of Christ is deeper than most of us realize. That the way we are freed from condemnation by belonging to Christ is not by denying or repressing our sins, but in having them fully known and forgiven. That's how Christ deals with that condemnation, by having every aspect of ourselves known and accepted and forgiven and realized. That's the beauty of Christ. That's why when we come to him, we can belong to him, and we can actually experience freedom from condemnation. That what I think many of us are looking for, remember how I defined belonging? It's actually being known and being loved. That what many of us are searching for is that, and that's what God brings to us, that he fully knows who you are, but also fully accepts who you are. Growing up, my dad, uh, not surprising many of you, my dad read a lot, actually. Uh, it's shocking, right, that I'm kind of, you know, in his, you know, obviously his son and everything. And growing up, one of my dad's favorite writers was a guy named A.W. Tozer. So because my dad read Tozer, that meant I grew up reading Tozer. That's kind of it. And there's one quote from him that has stuck with me since I was like 14 or 15 reading A.W. Tozer. I want to read it to you because I think it helps us to understand why we can live free from condemnation when we belong to Christ. And it's in older language, but I still think it's beautiful, okay? Tozer says this, to us who have fled for refuge, to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us in the gospel, he writes this, how unutterably sweet is the knowledge that our heavenly Father knows us completely. That there's nothing that you have done that God doesn't know about. There's nothing that you will do that God does not realize. How unutterably sweet is the knowledge that our Heavenly Father knows us completely. And listen why. He says this. So then, no talebearer can ever inform on us. No enemy can make an accusation stick. No forgotten skeleton can come tumbling out of some hidden closet to abash us and expose our past. No unsuspected weakness in our characters can come to light to turn God away from us. Since he knew us utterly before we knew him and called us to himself in the full knowledge of everything that was against us. What Tozer is trying to say in older language is the fact that Jesus knows everything about you and still chooses to love and accept you means that we can live free from condemnation because there is nothing that will ever come to light that will cause God to question his love to you because he already knows it all. This is why then Paul says in Romans 8, 
that nothing can ever separate us from the love of God because God knows everything and he chooses to pour out his love for, for us, which is why we can live free from condemnation. So the first thing that Paul teaches us is really that we can live free from condemnation because our sin is forgiven, right? That belonging to Christ changes that in us. The second thing he says is that actually belonging to Christ empowers us to live differently. So read this, and because you belong to him, it's just the next verse, and because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Notice in the text that we are free from condemnation but then also empowered to live differently, empowered to live rightly, empowered to live after God-given things. That when God gives us freedom, it isn't freedom just to do what we want, it's actually freedom to do the right things, to do the good things, to do the holy, life-filled, spirit things. That to use Paul's language, we are freed from the power of sin and given new life-giving spirit so that we can actually move away from things that are harmful and hateful and damaging to you and to me and also into things that are life-giving. Paul continues this actually kind of idea that we are empowered to live differently throughout Romans 8. He says this in verse 9, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit, if you have the Spirit of God living in you. From verse 12, he says, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. That when you belong to Christ, you are empowered to live differently. Which is why when you come to know Christ, you can actually change how you are living. You can move into a new direction. You can actually live into a new trajectory. So Paul teaches us that belonging to Christ does two things. It frees us from condemnation, and it empowers us to live differently. The third thing that belonging to God does is it creates a brand new identity within us. Okay, we read this in Romans 8. Paul writes this in verse 15. So you have not received then a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you have received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. That today, if you belong to Jesus Christ, this is who you are. You're actually a child of God. You're actually his heir. You're actually a part of all that God has. Listen to what Paul says. When his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children, we can call God Abba Father. We are his children, and we are his heirs. In Roman society, there was actually something called an adoption ceremony. And what would happen, it was quasi, like, it was legal and quasi-religious. It was kind of this big ceremony. And what would happen is uh, a man would come in front of kind of all of the kind of the court magistrates, all the kind of public place and public people. And what they would do is they would declare that a child was now theirs, that they wanted to adopt a child. And this was a big deal in the Roman world because if you were adopted into a family, you got like a name, inheritance, power, position. It was a really big, important thing that when you were adopted, actually any prior commitments or debts you had were erased. So if you'd had some debts, the moment you were adopted, they were gone, actually, which is a beautiful idea, and it's a beautiful thing. You also could never be unadopted, and you had this new sense of, like, belonging. And what I think was really beautiful in this ceremony that would end up happening is the father would stand up in front of all kind of the townspeople, the magistrates, and whatever else, and they would claim a child as their own. They would declare that they are theirs, and that from that point on, they would actually have all the same benefits as all their other children. This is kind of what Paul is playing off of here in Romans 8. He is saying that God is openly declaring that you are his child, that I am his child if you know him, 
that he is actually saying that you are being adopted in and you actually then have all the rights as a child. You are now uh, entitled to his inheritance, his power, his name, his status. All of that becomes yours. That's what Paul is saying in Romans 8. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you into his children. And now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. That because of Jesus, we have a new identity, a new reality, and a new family. That we belong to God, and we become his children. So what is Paul talking about in Romans 8? Romans 8 has a lot going on in it. There is so much more that could be kind of explored. But I think when we read it through this lens of belonging, we see three things. That when we belong to God, three things happen. We are freed from condemnation. We are actually empowered to live differently. And then we have a new identity. A new identity where we become his children, where we are claimed by him, and we are actually loved and supported and actually adopted by him. And this is what I want to suggest to you, is the beginning for belonging in our world. That if we want to find belonging in our world, it begins by experiencing it from God. By actually experiencing that freedom from condemnation, that empowering to live differently, and a new identity for each and every one of us. That if you want to know my armchair guess for why our world struggles with belonging, it's because so many people have never experienced the utter beauty of being fully known and accepted by someone. They haven't realized that they can actually be known and accepted by God. That you can't give something you haven't received, so our world struggles with it. But for today, what I want to really zero in on is what Paul teaches us, belonging to God creates and changes within our lives. And according to Paul, it changes everything. It gives us freedom, empowering, and a new identity. So this morning, what's my main point today? Today, as we kind of start off this series and kind of introduce you to the topic and the idea that belonging is needed and necessary in our world, but difficult to find, what's my main idea? Well, today it's really simple, that this is what I believe the beginning of belonging is. That true belonging begins with finding it in Christ. That's my main point. That true belonging begins by finding it in Christ. That if we're going to be people who experience belonging, which is central to flourishing, it begins by actually experiencing it with Jesus, knowing that he loves and accepts you and me. That if we're ever going to help the world to experience belonging, it has to begin here by first experiencing it with Christ. That's what I believe is the beginning and the basis of belonging, that we experience it with Christ. So what does this mean for us here today? Because as we often share, we don't come here just for information, but for transformation. So you didn't come just to learn about ancient day Roman adoption ceremonies, right? Or about the difference between fitting in and belonging. What does this mean for us practically here today? Well, practically what I mean, what I think this means for us, for each and every one of us, to make it really personal, I think it's just one simple question for you and for me. It's do we want to experience this deep belonging with Jesus? For me, that's how this becomes practical. That with Jesus and Paul is very clearly outlining, he says that when we belong to him, we can experience freedom, we can experience empowering, and we can experience a new identity. This is the question before us. Do we want to experience those things? Do we want to actually encounter them here today? Do you want to feel free from condemnation, from guilt, from sin, from shame? Then we need to belong with Christ. If you want to actually experience new freedom to live differently, to not get tied up into the same kind of death-dealing habits, the same sins that trip you up. That comes when we belong to Christ. We're empowered to live differently. Do you want to have an identity that is so secure that you no longer worry with whether you are enough in this or that? That comes when we belong with Christ, when we know that we are his children. So today, I think the way 
that we kind of begin this series is really to simply receive belonging from Christ. I want to talk about what this means for those of us who've been following Christ for years and for those of us who maybe haven't chosen to follow him. That first today, if you aren't a follower of Jesus, what I want to encourage you, what I want to challenge you with is that I believe that today is the day to accept Jesus Christ. Today is the day to experience that belonging with him. Today is the day to experience belonging that will free you from condemnation, sin, shame, guilt, all of that, that will enable you to live differently in this world and will also give you a new identity as his child, as somebody who is fully known and loved and valued by him. That I think that's the most important thing. And so in just a few moments, I'm going to pray to close our service. And while I pray, if you want to accept Jesus for the first time, I want to challenge you to do that and then to let me or let somebody in a prayer room or let somebody in a blue shirt know so that we can walk with you. Secondly, though, what does this mean if you're a follower of Jesus? What does this idea of belonging to Christ mean for you? Well, here's what I think it means, at least for me and hopefully also for you. That if you know Jesus, guess what? You already belong to him and you are freed from condemnation. You are actually empowered to live differently, and you are his child. I want to say, yeah, we can say amen to that, Fraser. Yeah, that is good news, amen? It is good news. I want to state that very clearly, that you are a child of God if you know him. You already belong to him. You have no need to suffer under feelings of condemnation, guilt, shame, judgment, any of that. You belong to him, and you are actually empowered to live differently. But here's also what I know, is that that is an easy thing for me to say, it is also a difficult reality to live out of. That what I can be honest with you, because we can be honest in church, amen? Right? Sometimes, and this might sound funny as a pastor, but it's true. Sometimes, even though like, I know God loves me, sometimes I struggle to believe that like, in my heart. Has anyone ever doubted that before other than your insecure pastor at times? Yeah. Yeah. That... I am rock solid sure that God loves you. Sometimes I'm just a little bit unsure for me, right? That I just feel like, I don't know. Am I faithful enough? Am I good enough? Have I done enough to earn it or whatever? That it's so easy to believe in my head, but sometimes it makes it hard to live out of in my heart. But here's what I want to state then really clearly if you're at all like that, that when you belong to Christ, you are freed from condemnation. You are a child of God. You deeply belong to him and you are empowered to live differently but this is an experience we not only need to know, we need to live out of that reality. We need to be grounded in that so that we can offer that to others. So today what I want to do, if you're kind of like me, today what I want to do is I actually want to give to you a reminder that you belong to Christ. I want to give a reminder that if you know him, you belong to him and you are freed from all condemnation. You are actually a new person in his world. You are actually adopted into his family and most of all, that you're empowered to live differently. Because I know in my own life, it becomes easy to doubt. Even this week, even this week, I was struggling with whether, I'm writing a sermon on belonging to God, and I'm struggling with whether I feel it. You want to know what Krista then said to me? She's like, that's just an attack of the enemy. That's what that is. But I think sometimes you might struggle with that as well. So to close our service, what we're going to do is this. In just a few moments, I'm going to pray. And if you want to accept Jesus for the first time, that is the time to do that. And then after that, the worship group is going to come forward, and they're actually going to sing one last song. And I want to invite you to do something physical to help to move this idea that you belong to Christ from your head into your heart. So I'm going to invite you to come forward to any of the stations that are around. There are three at the front, and there are some up in the back, and one at the back as well. And there, there will be people. And what they're going to do is they're going to give to you a simple sticker if you want one. A sticker just as a reminder of who you are. The sticker says, I belong to Christ. 
And I want to invite you to put that on your locker, to put that on your phone, to put that in your office place. And when, they, when you come forward during the song, what they're going to do is they're going to pray a simple blessing over you. Do you know what the blessing is going to be? They will simply say, you belong to Christ. And that is good news. Amen? It is good news. So today what I want to do is I want to give to you a reminder that you belong to Christ. Because I know that belonging is hard to find in our world. I know it's so easy to doubt in our lives. But what I also know is what Paul says is unquestionably true. That if you follow him, if you believe in Jesus, you are freed from condemnation. You're empowered to live differently. And most of all, you are a new identity within Christ. You are a child of God. So today, what's my main point? It's just that true belonging begins with belonging to Christ. And what's my challenge? It's to accept and receive belonging from Christ today. You can do that as I pray, and then as we sing, you can come forward and receive a blessing as a reminder that you belong to Christ. So would you join with me in prayer here this morning? God, I ask, would each of us know, would we know deep within our soul and our spirit that you love us? as we are, that you welcome us, that we are fully known and loved by you. I pray, God, for those of us who have never accepted you, might we do that in this moment? Might we say yes to you? Might we pray to you and say, Jesus, will I receive your salvation in your life today? I pray for all of us who have been following you for whether it's days or decades, I pray would we know, would we know that we belong to you, that there is no shame or guilt or condemnation, that we are free to live differently and that we are your children, I pray, might we live out of a deep sense of belonging and being captured by your love. And I pray as we come into this moment, as we sing this song and move around to receive a blessing of belonging, I pray would each and every one of us know that we belong to you. And when we belong to you, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ. And I pray this all in the wonderful name of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen and amen.